0: well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edders. I am so glad you've joined us on the program today. We've got a, a good one for you. We're going to be talking about what is going on in the uh, Lone Star State of Texas where uh, Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke has not yet declared himself an official candidate for governor. But you already have a Democrat who has uh, announced his run for lieutenant governor. Yeah. And uh, a former Bush strategist, longtime Democrat who was, you know, flirting with uh, Republicanism for a little while. Matthew Dowd. Uh, You may remember him from uh, ABC News. Yeah, he is uh, now running for lieutenant governor of Texas and he's talking up uh, gun control. We're going to get to that in just a moment or two. But before we do that, do you miss President Trump? Matthew Dowd surely does not, but uh, many people do, you know, and I'm coming to you with a very special offer that you do not want to miss if you do miss President Trump. Now is your chance to enter to win one of six signed photos of President Trump. These were hand-signed by the president, and soon one can be hanging up in your house. When President Trump signed these photos, he wanted to make sure that all of his supporters had the chance to receive one, and now is your chance. All you have to do is text text rather GUNS to 55404-TODAY. For your chance to win a beautiful photo of President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump, hand-signed by President Trump himself, by texting GUNS to 55404 right now, you'll get exclusive double-entry activation for a limited time. Again, text GUNS to 55404 to have your name entered twice to win a hand-signed Trump photo. You don't want to miss this. Contest in soon. Paid for by the National Republican Senatorial Committee. So. Down in the Lone Star State of Texas, Matthew Dow. I guess he decided that he wasn't going to run for governor because he's, you know, expecting that uh, someone more popular, maybe more well-known, certainly. Uh, somebody with more of a uh, a footprint in Texas politics, going to jump into the governor's race, Beto, Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke, perhaps. Or maybe even Matthew McConaughey, uh, who has been uh, flirting. With running for governor, I think there's no chance that McConaughey runs as a Republican. I don't see any benefit for McConaughey running as an independent. So I think if McConaughey decides that he wants to uh, add, you know, politician to his resume, he's going to run as a Democrat. And as a result, most of the uh, Democrats in Texas have been taking a flyer. Uh, They're they're, they're not jumping into the governor's race because they're waiting to see. What those two guys will do, is McConaughey going to get in? Is uh, Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke going to get in? And until they decide, or at least make their announcement official, uh, everybody staying out of the pool on the left. You've you you, you you've got actually more candidates challenge uh, Greg Abbott on the right than you have Democratic candidates for governor on the left. But Democrats are convinced that, that next year is going to be a good year for them in the state of Texas. And one of the reasons why is because of the passage of constitutional carry in the Lone Star State of Texas, which came into effect on September the 1st. uh, And Matthew Dowd, speaking out against constitutional carry in one of his uh, first sit-down interviews uh, with the Texas media, WBAP uh, and uh, KLIF, says the man who wants Dan Patrick's job is talking Second Amendment rights. Matthew Dowd recently announced his run for lieutenant governor, believes that Currently elected Republicans are heading in the wrong direction when it comes to the Constitution's right to bear arms. In fact, he said, quote, that he believes more Texans who carry guns elevates the chance of mass shootings. Hmm. So more people, I'm sure I understand this correctly, more people legally carrying firearms leads to more depraved acts of murder. Is that what Matthew Dowd is saying? Because I got to say, there's really no evidence that that's the fact or that that is the case in any of the more than 20 states that have adopted constitutional carry. Keep in mind, again, we're talking about individuals who have a wanton disregard for human life. Right? When somebody has decided that uh, that their, 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 their goal is to take as many innocent human lives as possible. What are the chances that they're going to be thwarted because they can't legally carry a gun? Or they can't legally carry a gun into a certain location? It is... It's not just absurd. It is idiotic to the point of buffoonery to think that by recognizing the right of the people to keep and bear arms, that, that is somehow going to lead to more madmen running around trying to commit mass murder. I would argue, again, that the opposite would be the case. That if uh, you remove those barriers for illegal gun owners to lawfully carry, you increase the chances that if one of those murderous individuals pops up in a public place, that there are uh, gun owners there who would fight back, who would defend themselves and others from a, uh attempted mass murder. But Matthew Dowd doesn't see it that way. Nope. And as uh, the Texas media reports, following the shooting at Timberview High School in Arlington, Texans are concerned about gun violence. This would be the uh, 18-year-old individual not old enough to legally carry a firearm, not old enough to legally purchase a firearm, who went into his high school, according to his family, he had been bullied. There was a fight. He drew a gun. He shot two people. Two others were uh, injured uh, as they uh, tried to run away. Now, if Texans are really worried about this and really concerned about it, I'm not trying to minimize this crime at all. Are they demanding more gun control laws on the books? Because you know what happened to this 18-year-old suspect, right? We wrote about it at Bearing Arms, I believe, on Friday. $75,000 bond, and he walked out of jail. Yeah. After having to post probably just 10% of that $75,000 bond. So after having to put up less than $10,000 back home, his family even had a party for him. Mm -hmm. So I'd say if you're worried about incidents like this, you're right to be concerned. But you're flat out wrong if you think that the answer is more gun control laws. Now, back to the uh, report here. Dowd says Republicans made a grave mistake in making it easier for residents to carry handguns. Yeah, how horrible that, uh, you know, making it easier to exercise a right. Now, if you wanted to argue, uh, look, they're expanding the right to carry on the one hand while they're restricting the right to have an abortion on the other – I mean, that to me is a better argument than, uh, you know, we, we should be making it harder to for people to exercise a civil right, like Texas did with abortion, but, you know, unlike what they're doing with guns, which is Dowd's argument. I just don't think it resonates, quite honestly. But Matthew Dowd does not only want to make it harder for Texans to exercise their right to bear arms. Oh, no, no. Dowd says he feels that red flag laws, universal background checks, and eliminating the Permitless carry law will make Texas a safer place. All right, let's let's talk about that for just a second. Universal background checks. How's that going to make Texas a safer place? If you make it a crime to sell or to transfer a firearm to somebody, that put them through a background check. Does that actually prevent a crime from taking place? Does that actually prevent an unlawful transfer from taking place? I would argue no, that criminals, and in this case I'm talking about not paperwork criminals, but actual violent criminals, I don't think that they're going to follow this law. I I could be crazy, but I don't think they're going to follow this law. Any more than they follow universal background check laws in places that already have them on the books. Uh, Criminals are able to easily acquire... Firearms in states like California. Colorado, where violent crime has actually increased every single year since the state imposed universal background check requirements. State of New Mexico, same thing, although the New Mexico law has not been on the books nearly as long as Colorado's. There's just no evidence that these laws prevent any violent crime. In fact, when we were talking with George Brockler, the uh, former Arapahoe County, Colorado district attorney, I mean, he scoffed at the universal background check law, actually being effective in reducing crime. He never brought a single charge because nobody was ever arrested in his jurisdiction. But uh, Matthew Dowd says, oh yeah, that's going to make Texas safer. No, it's not. It polls well, which is why Matthew Dowd is touting it. But I don't think Matthew Dowd, if a reporter in Texas were actually uh, knowledgeable enough about this issue, where they could ask Dowd some specific questions like, okay, so you say universal background checks are going to make Texas safer. How exactly will they do that, given that these laws don't proactively uh, prevent any transfer from taking place? They just allow for a criminal charge to be filed after the fact. I don't think Dowd could answer that. I'd love to debate Matthew Dowd on the efficacy of red flag laws as well. Because in these states that we have seen, uh, red flag laws on the books, the longest, Indiana and Connecticut, these were billed as anti-suicide measures. There's been a study out showing that for every 19 or 20 red flag laws, or excuse me, uh, 19 or 20 red flag petitions, perhaps, maybe, one person did not commit suicide. Which would indicate that the 18 to 19 other people who lost their right to keep and bear arms, were either not a danger to themselves or others in the first place, or that some of them ended up taking their own lives in a means other than with a firearm. Now, to me, if this is about preventing suicide, it really doesn't matter how somebody took their own life. What matters is that they did take their own life. And in Indiana and Connecticut, While the fire-related suicide rate has declined a little bit since the passage of red flag legislation, the non-firearm suicide rate has increased so much that it has offset any reduction seen in the firearm-related suicide rate. So you've actually had more suicides since these red flag laws have been put on the books. Then you get into the problem of due process, Right. Where your rights are taken away from you first, and then a couple weeks later you get to go into court and you get to have a hearing and you get to tell your side of the story. Until then, though, it's basically the prosecutor against nobody because you don't even have a seat in the courtroom. And let's talk about the prosecutor, too. Because under red flag laws, prosecutors are the ones that you will be facing off with in court. But unlike a criminal case, you are not entitled to a public defender if you cannot afford an attorney in a red flag hearing, because these are civil proceedings, right? Not a criminal case. So if you can't afford an attorney, you're on your own, but you are going to be going up against the state's attorney. So I think this is an unlevel playing field. I think it lacks due process protections. I am not convinced that red flag laws actually work. To prevent suicide or to prevent violent crime. We also already have civil commitment laws on the books in all 50 states. And unlike red flag laws, those actually do involve a mental health professional making a determination as to whether or not somebody is in the midst of a mental health crisis, whether or not they are a danger to themselves or others. Unlike a judge viewing half of the story and deciding on a very low legal standard, yeah, we think they might pose a threat to themselves or others, so we're going to go ahead and take them. Take their, take their guns away. We're going to leave them with their knives. We're going to leave them with their pills. We're going to leave them with their rope. We're going to leave them with their gasoline and matches. But we're going to take the guns away and think that we've solved the problem. Oh, I would love to debate red flag laws with Matthew Dowd. I bet uh, Dan Patrick, the current lieutenant governor of the state of Texas, would love to debate Matthew Dowd's ideas for gun control as well. But this does demonstrate that um, Democrats in Texas they're not running on a position of moderation here. Matthew Dowd may not have brought up banning AR-15s, and he may view that as being moderate. Um, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not talking about banning anybody's guns and uh, taking them away from them. I'm just talking about, you know, red flag laws and universal background checks and getting rid of permanent carry. He's talking about going backwards. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about undoing some of the Second Amendment protections that are in place right now in Texas. And I don't think it's going to fly well. Uh, I I, I suspect the next year is going to be a difficult year for Democrats across the country. Uh, I am aware of the polling in Texas that shows that uh, support for permitless carry right now is underwater. The uh, abortion bill that uh, Greg Abbott signed or the anti-abortion bill that Greg Abbott signed, which is currently facing a court challenge, um, that is unpopular as well. So there may be some headwinds for Republicans in Texas, but I, I don't think that Democrats are going to be able to gun control their way to victory although it certainly looks like they're going to try. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizens story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report as well. We'll start there with a story out of Illinois. Two men already facing felony charges caught after fleeing a Decatur traffic stop. This is from the Herald and Review newspaper. Uh, Of the two men who fled this traffic stop in Decatur, one was an armed member of the Gangster Disciples Street Gang, according to authorities, while the other was already facing a charge for his second offense of being a felon in possession of a firearm. Yeah. The attempted traffic stop happened back on September 19th. The uh, 29-year-old driver of the car, later identified as the member of the Gangster Disciples, uh, took off running along with his passengers. 33-year-old man already facing the weapons charge and a 25-year-old woman, Officer Philip Ganley, who uh, signed an affidavit said the driver was chased down and caught after he failed to jump over a fence. While police were dealing with him, they saw the two passengers reach back into the vehicle to grab something before they took off themselves and were eventually chased down. A uh, sheriff's office police dog brought in to search the flight path of the passengers led police to discover uh, a, a satchel with a loaded handgun lying nearby, the satchel containing a driver's license, social security card, and other, identif- uh, other, ident- other information identifying it as the property of the driver, the Gangster Disciples member. Yeah. So he lied to about who he was, but eventually they figured out, okay, well, this is, we got this guy, yes, he's a member of the Gangster Disciples. His record shows, by the way, that he was also on parole, the driver of the vehicle was, after pleading guilty to a charge of armed violence in Macon County Circuit Court in Illinois, and being sentenced to 15 years in prison six years ago. That's right. In Illinois, where the Democrats love to propose new gun control laws, violent criminals are serving less than half of their sentence before they return to the street. Uh, both the passenger and the driver, by the way, we don't know, the passenger has a previous list of convictions that include aggravated robbery, drug dealing, again, being a felon in possession of a firearm. But I, I'm not sure when he was released from prison last And whether or not he is uh, on parole at the time, he is uh, facing new charges, again, of uh, being a felon in possession of a firearm, as well as uh, being an armed habitual criminal. But again, when you hear Democrats in Illinois talk about the need for new gun control laws, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. we didn't actually get some of these gun control laws off the books. What we need to do is fix the broken criminal justice system that allows for violent felons to walk out of prison after serving less than half of their sentence. Uh, today's armed citizen story from Michigan. Is that right? Let me make sure that that's right. I don't this might... No, Florida. How do I get Michigan and Florida confused? Uh, Marion Oaks, Florida. Marion County. Where prosecutors say a uh, fatal shooting earlier this year uh, was in fact done in uh, self-defense that no charges will be filed against the individual who uh, pulled the trigger. This is back on April the 4th. 27-year-old Christoph Salmon died when he was shot and killed by Isaiah Hampton at a home in Marion Oaks. Uh, According to the police reports, uh, Marion County deputies called to the home about 7.25 in the morning. Deputy Robert McClure got there, heard a woman crying inside uh the deputy ordered the uh, uh individuals inside the home to come outside 21 year old Justina Cruz and a 23 year old um 23 yeah, year old uh individual uh Isaiah Hampton uh then left the residence. Uh, Justina Cruz told the deputy that the victim was on the floor begged for help she said that uh, he meaning I, uh meaning uh, the the uh dead individual in this case uh raised the gun to him first and then pointed at uh, Isaiah Hampton. Deputy asked Hampton if he shot someone, and Hampton said yes, it was self-defense. Uh, McClure entered the home, saw Salmon on the uh, ground, he performed uh, life-saving measures on the victim, but uh, could not revive him. So, after interviewing the uh, two individuals, the uh, the witness, and then uh, Isaiah Hampton, the individual who pulled the trigger, uh, again, police just. Dis- discovered that this was an act of self-defense. And Assistant State Attorney Amy Burnt, uh, in a five-page memorandum, cited Florida's standard ground law, uh, which removes a person's duty to retreat and allows them to use deadly force uh, if they believe their life is in danger. Uh, And that is, uh, according to the uh, witnesses, exactly what happened. Uh, Justina Cruz so on the day of the shooting, Salmon had called and texted her. He was angry that he had to sleep in his vehicle because uh, Isaiah Hampton was staying at the home. Cruz lives at the home with her daughter. Salmon was the uh, child's father. Uh, Hampton is her current boyfriend and doesn't live there. Uh, Salmon did not live there at the home either, but Cruz had allowed him to keep some of his belongings there. And... Uh, could stay overnight on occasion because he did not have a permanent place to live. But when her boyfriend was over there, obviously she wanted to spend time with her boyfriend and not her ex. So he gets angry because he's not allowed to stay at the house because her boyfriend's there. He then uh, came to the home, angry that Hampton uh, was still there. Uh, she said that uh, Salmon was looking for his gun and found it. Justina Cruz said she then went into a bedroom and locked the door. Salmon tried to enter the room. When she unlocked the door, he again tried to enter the room. Justina Cruz then grabbed the barrel of the handgun and tried to prevent Salmon from entering, but he was able to gain entry into the bedroom. He then turned towards Isaiah Hampton. Uh, The men stand approximately six feet apart, according to Justina Cruz. Salmon armed with a gun, pointed it at Isaiah Hampton. Uh, The woman also had a handgun that was on the nightstand. Isaiah Hampton picked up that pistol when Salmon had entered the room. Justina Cruz said she uh, laid on the ground and heard shots fired. Uh, Isaiah Hampton's description of the events that led to the shooting matched the one given by Cruz. Prosecutors said all the evidence appears to corroborate the statements given uh, by Isaiah Hampton and Justina Cruz. And so, again, Isaiah Hampton uh, will not be facing charges after uh, prosecutors determined that he was acting both in self-defense and in defense of his girlfriend uh, against her ex when he showed up at her home back in April. So there you go. It it took a while for the prosecutors to make that decision. I'm not sure why we didn't know about this, say, back in May or June. But uh, now this case has uh, reached its conclusion. And uh, finally today, our good deed of the day, where a police officer in Arkansas, in the right place at the right time, was able to do the right thing to help save a choking child, a uh, rookie police officer in uh, Pottsville, Arkansas, Cody Hubbard, was working uh, traffic control when a uh, call came over the uh, radio about a three-week-old infant who was choking and not moving. So he was the first one on the scene, found uh, the child in the arms of his grandmother, and uh, he said, the whole way I was heading there, I was saying a prayer because I did not want the worst that was going through my mind to happen. Well, the worst did not happen. Officer Hubbard, able to clear Grady's airway, the EMS arrived, checked out the baby, he's fine. Officer Hubbard says his uh, dad instincts kicked in, and uh, you know I'm glad that they did because uh, little Grady's going to be all right. And uh, Officer Cody Hubbard back at work and on the job, ready to save uh, more lives again in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. And we certainly thank you, Officer Hubbard, for your very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Before we go though, I do just want to say on a, a personal note, my. Uh, my father-in-law passed away last night. Uh, he was a good man, a, a gun owner, Second Amendment advocate, a guy who uh, thankfully was able to leave an anti-gun state and uh, find freedom and a uh, much more friendly locale when it comes to the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, but uh, he leaves behind a, a family and a lot of friends who are going to miss him dearly. So um, if you are the praying kind, uh, please keep Mike in your thoughts and your prayers and his family as well, because um, he is going to be missed. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest segment of news and information from all around the nation. Don't forget, you can also check out bearingarms.com throughout the day. We are constantly updating the website with more of the uh, news that you need to know about when it comes to your Second Amendment rights. And if you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber. Just use the promo code GUNS. And you can get 25% off of your membership as our way of saying thanks for your support. We're going to give you exclusive analysis, news stories, and stuff you just won't find anywhere else because your support really does make a difference. So thank you very much uh, for uh, helping to support programs like Bearing Arms Cam and Company and all of the other great uh, town hall media websites. We will be back tomorrow. Until then, though, be well, be safe, and be free.